Hey, remember when you used to listen to albums from start to finish? Doesn't happen very much anymore. Well, we wanted to get back into that. So this is Albums. Hi, I'm Tom, and this is my very good friend Tim. Tim, say hello. Hello, everybody. How are you today? (laughs) Yeah, Albums, the podcast. This will probably be episode one. I might... Um, I don't think I'll delete the pilot, but I might edit it, put it back up. I think the pilot, the pilot was important because it saw us in our, our raw, um, you know, beginning state. <laughs> Showed promise. I think episode one might still show us in our raw beginning state. Indeed. This podcast is about finding albums to listen to from start to finish. So I will say if you have a album that you love and want to share it, with a couple of hairy guys who want to get back into listening to albums from start to finish, please email albumspod at gmail.com. Put the title of the album in the title of the email. Don't bother writing anymore. We'll just go and listen to it and we'll, we'll decide whether we like it or not. That would be cool. Absolutely. This week, we have been listening to CMFT. Corey Mother Flippin' Taylor. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> What an amazing, amazing album this has turned out to be. It looks like Corey Taylor's gone and written himself a country rock album. It's quite an interesting one, I tell you. Okay, so before we get into what we thought of CMFT, tell us the info, the hard word from the Wikipedia there, Tim. All right, so she's a, she's a 2020 release. It was uh, October 2020, um, post-pandemic, post-breakup uh, with, his, with his lovely wife, Stephanie, and he sort of found himself in a bit of a happier place in this album. Uh, he launched himself down to Hideaway Studios in Las Vegas. The amazing producer, Jay Rustin, he's done work with uh, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Amana Marth, and of course, uh, Stone Sour in the past. So it lends that big, huge, girthy sound to it right off the bat. The production level is nice and high, which is to be expected from a Corey Taylor album or a Slipknot album or any of those sorts of albums. Yeah, I think basically the whole premise for it was to go in and have a big Fat load of fun with this recording. I think it's definitely found Corey in a, in a bit of a happier place. Uh, he's employed uh, Christian Martucci, who's uh, the guitarist of Stone Sour, of course. Zach Stone, also on guitar and vocals. Justin Christopher on bass and Dustin Roberts on drums. She's a bit of a monster. It's a very, very interesting departure. If you're a, you're a Stone Sour fan, you're a Slipknot fan, this is a very different thing for you, but I think it's opened up for our good old Corey a place that he wanted to explore. Very interesting album. For me, it was a pretty cold listen. If you don't know Slipknot, you've been living under a rock. But I'm not going to say I bought every album and was a super, super fan or anything like that. I do like Corey Taylor. Yep. So I was interested to hear this. I think when it came out, I listened to a, a couple of the songs. And I think I mentioned to you, oh, oh God, this is not great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, one track in particular that we'll get to a little bit later on, but yeah, absolutely a departure. <laughs> but we are with this podcast, us listening to albums from start to finish it is forcing us to get back into music, like to absolutely. to do a deep deep dive and not uh, first blush, not can't be bothered, bear it, move on to the next thing. So, what happened when you listened to the whole thing, Tim? <laughs> well, yeah, no, she was definitely, uh, like I said, like we said, she's a different this one for sure. Not really right up my alley. I've been a fan of the old the Slippers for a long time and Stone Sour was a was another great thing. 
Um, I, say, did, I, really. I, I don't think I've listened to any Stone Sour at all. Maybe we can do no. one, of, one of their best ones a little bit later down the down the track if there's one that is particularly well loved. Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a couple of little things for it. But uh, Corey's always a uh, strength is his diversity to a certain extent. I mean, he does play does play the metals and he does do the metals real good like. But he's also you know he's he's a songstress. He's always songster. Songstress. <laughs> song 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 man. He do. He's got a lot to say. He's always had a lot to say. Maybe he shouldn't have said. You know, that's Corey for you. That's why he's known as a big fat mouth. But like his um it was a the purposes of it. I didn't grab me straight away. I kind of found myself a bit wincing at the first few songs, going, goodness me, where's he going with this one? We're sort of like a outlaw. Oh, I don't know. It was just, it was just okay. such an interesting deal. Okay, okay, okay. So at first blush, this album is gonna come across as quite cheesy. That would be one Very. word I would use. The first track, Highway 666, is a yeah. – is. I think he wrote that when he was 15 or something. I, is that right? There's, yeah. There's, I just kept waiting. I think Highway 666 is a song that he wrote as a teenager. I don't, I'm not 100% sure where I read that from. It's not canon. Don't quote me on that. But th- with that in mind, this album to me seems – like Corey getting to do what Corey loves to to make an album about all the things he loves. So Highway 666, I'd be surprised if he wasn't thinking Devil Went Down to Georgia. When he was writing that song. I was just about to say that I kept waiting for that line to pop out of his mouth at some point. As soon as she started rolling along with that acoustic guitar, just ding, 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 well, the devil went down and I was expecting it. Uh, I was waiting for it. To be honest, that's a better song. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) If he'd done a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia, or if Highway 666 had that line in it, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I think I might have... That might have grabbed me a little, a little bit better at the start. The the one thing I will say about this album, having dived into a little bit of the videos, and now you telling me a couple of things on, about the Wikipedia thing, uh, the guy produced Steel Panther and Anthrax. That puts me in the mind that this album, a lot of the songs, not all of them, but a lot of the songs is, is, is a love letter to Corey growing up. And this is all my opinion. Highway 666, it's... When you first heard The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Samantha's Gone, that's a Bon Jovi track. Very much so. <laughs> that's a Bon Jovi track. And just talk about the video to Samantha's Gone. It's got Corey and his band as cameramen and studio guys and this very 2020-looking band come in and there's a director and he's very angry because they suck and they're singing the song Samantha's Gone. And then the Corey and his Stone Sour friend and the rest of the band all look at each other Give each other sort of obvious nods. This is complete tongue-in-cheek. It's as cheesy as you can make this video. Give each other nods and they get on stage. Now, the other guys in the room are all the members of Steel Panther. So they're they're the sound guy and the second AD and and they're the other guys in the room in this video clip. It's a cool video clip. I do think you should go and watch it. Oh, absolutely. And so Corey and the band rock out just a little bit cooler and everyone looks a little bit happier in the room. And then in the end, the director goes... That sucked. You guys, you're up and Steel Panther all look at each other and it's a hair metal song and it wears its heart and its sleeve.
And I think this album can be forgiven a lot of its foibles because it is wearing its heart on its sleeve, which is one thing Corey Taylor has done his entire career. Now, foibles. I really wanted to like this album. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like it a lot. And there are some yeah. things I do like. And I've got to say that the more I listen to it, the the more I like it. Is it repetition just does that in your brain? I think so. And, and also we're delving into these songs pretty deeply. Like you said, at first listen, you know, if, you, if, we, if we didn't have to listen to it again, we probably might not have. No, I'm, um, I don't have a short attention span with albums. I'll usually give them a good two or three listens. but I think you're actually better at that than I am. <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not the strongest of releases from the man. But like, like I said, and like you said, it's a bit more of a fun record for him getting to do stuff that, you know, there's, there's just no hold barred. It's, it's like a stream of consciousness album pretty much, you know. <laughs> it's just whatever he wants to say, whatever he wants to do, he's just going to whack it down there no matter how cheesy or silly it is or it doesn't fit to the conformity of other stuff that he's done in the past. <laughs> there's just some classics in here, you know, like stuff from like the, the Maria Fire, which is just this laid back, dingy barroom, sleazy blues kind of little number. It's just such a departure from anything he's sort of done. Um, there's such a spin out of a sound to sort of have come out of him. He's had some really touching moments on it as well. Uh, was it Home? Home was the piano-driven one. That was a, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. quite a beautiful song. I've got to say, again, I like the second half of this album more than I like the first half of the album. I agree. I agree. Um, Culture Head, that's a stonker of a song. I really dig that a lot. Yeah, the video for that is like this cool stylized, oh, it is a, it's an animated one, and it's a lot of black, white, red, stark colors, uh, and it's a bit boring, to be honest. I sort of skipped through it It lacked a bit of an edge um, And it wanted to be quite edgy I think Culture Head The song is pretty cool The video made me feel it missed the mark a bit but yep. I, I do like that song. Oddly, I really like European bus bathroom song. And that reminded me <laughs> of Anthrax B-Sides so hard. <laughs> if a song about trying to take a pee on a tour bus. If that whole album had been that, I would have been all over <laughs> this like a rash. Absolutely. Uh, be right up your early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in no other way is it a standout on this album. Uh, oh, no, no. Nah. Only in that it's a bit of, it's a lot of fun. Um, yep. And it's quite clunky. So it's essentially not as bad as you think at first blush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a it's a big sounding album. There's some there's some good solid playing on it. No, it's just yeah, some of the subject matter was a bit cheesy, and some of the you know, music itself was a bit cheesy and self indulgent. But at the same time, you know, it's a half decent solid effort, I guess, for something very different. Speaking of solid, the video for 
Black Eyes Blue, mm-hmm. I think is quite cool. It's got a Groundhog Day thing. Okay. Okay. So he wakes up, stands up essentially, and he's in a house in, in the desert and he goes to walk outside and he takes a step off the porch and then bam, he's back where he started at the start of the video. That happens a few times. And then at the end, there's this whole sci-fi thing where he pushes through that barrier. All the videos tend to end with the band playing somewhere. <laughs> Except for Culture Head, which unfortunately is a little bit dull of a video. Uh, that song where he's, he's talking about going around the world, I was standing in Trafalgar Square. I was, I don't know how I felt about that song. Sky Blues? Yeah. Mm. I liked it. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely a solid single. It's got that uh, big sing-along chorus. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just a solid offering. I mean, you know, it's, it's much like... When you, say, when you say a solid offering, is that your diplomatic way of saying, yeah, that's a song? I'm trying to be diplomatic, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a song. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I'd probably listen to it at a pub, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, so many of these songs, they're just... A lot of them are quite forgettable, if that makes sense without being too harsh. You know, like it's... it's <laughs> you can it be really... harsh. Corey's not coming harsh, after sure. you. He's not coming. He might. He's a he's a big scary dude, man. He knows <laughs> lots of scary dudes. Nah, he's a he's top bloke. He owes big money though. Right. Nah, he's um. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Is it good? Do you like it? <laughs> I'm trying to draw uh, you know. out of you here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, yeah. I mean, I've said it. You know, it's 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 kind of a bit of a it's a bit of a cheesy thing. It's a bit of fun, but it's yeah. I don't know if it really grabs you by the tendrils, so to speak. I think you have to do the multiple listens. Yeah. And unfortunately, this album doesn't capture you enough at the start for you to want to do the multiple listens. If you're a, if you're yeah. a Corey Taylor mega fan and you are into his life and you've watched all the docos and you've caught him on the No Such Thing as a Fish QI podcast, that's about as obscure reference for Corey Taylor as I can think of. <laughs> totally. Because you've got to know the British panel show QI and then have seeked out their podcast, No Such Thing as a Fish, and then caught the two episodes that he's on, (laughs) Uh, then this album, you will have given it a couple of listens and those people will write us hate mail. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was quite an autobiographical uh, album as well, you know. There's so many life experiences and divorce with his missus and, and, you know, hope for the future and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's, it's just kind of found him in a, in a happy, jovial kind of place. And he's, he's telling the stories about it and, and how he got to that stage, I guess. So, Yeah, right. Okay. So Highway 666, if I've got my information correct, was a, a song he had written in the early years. Black Eyed Blues has got these elements of traveling around the world. And then Samantha's gone, the Bon Jovi epic, <laughs> the Steel Panther <laughs> opus, uh, the very tongue-in-cheek song, uh, I don't know who Samantha is. Uh, it's his ex-wife. That's his ex-wife. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that was prime 2019, exe- I think, they broke up. Yeah. Proof positive that we listen, that at least one of us listens to this, these albums blind. Um, and <laughs> and we, we we're just trying to get into them. That Mane Lux. Mm. I thought he was just saying party, 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 party at the start. So did I. Until I actually made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until it. Like, yeah. I think we should talk about the, the main single. CMFT must be stopped. Now, CMFT, he's on the album cover. He's got a wrestling belt with CMFT. 
It's obviously his. Yeah. I don't know if we can wrestle him to see if we can claim the CMFT belt. Can we take the title? Belt. Can we ta- take the title? <laughs> now, that belt features on the cover of the album, and in that video it is a Los Angeles, Vegas video. It's got pyrotechnics. It's got dancing girls in hot pants. It's got a chanty chorus. CMFT must be stopped. Reminiscent of uh, Limp Biscuits Break Stuff video. There are a lot of people oh. shouting, like they, they cut to a lot of different celebs and metalheads shouting the chorus. One of them's Lars. Oh, God. <laughs> Way to go, Lars. That, that's, the, that's the reaction I had. When I see Lars <laughs> with his... <laughs> I actually don't have the hate <clears throat> that a lot of people do for Lars. Oh, I, I, used to, I used to love Lars when I was a kid. I used to play drums. Idol growing up, man. Yeah, well, you play drums properly. I used to play them badly. But now you see Lars, t- <laughs> t- I don't know if it's post some kind of monster, but you see him turn up on these videos and you think, oh, okay. Mm. Immediately redeems itself <laughs> by having uh, Scott Ian from Anthracter also yelling the chorus. That song and that imagery, I thought that was going to be like a throughput for the album. It happens in the yep. video. It happens on the cover. And that's kind of it. That's kind of it. It's the only song that has these massive rap elements in it. Yeah, Tech Nine and Kid Boogie. Yeah. And Boogie? I think, I think I've heard Corey rap better than that, than what he does. On yeah. That, on that the second time he goes for a bit of a rap, he's kind of like lost his, like, oh, that's kind of one thing I've always appreciated about Corey, like be it in Slipknot or whatever it is, is he does have really good uh, rhythm and timing with his lyrics and his dispersal of it. You know, it's, um, he's, he's, well, he's a very talented lyricist. He sort of tries to adopt it, uh, adapt a bit of that to this song, but, um, uh, I don't know. Kind of, oh, kind of I think he got shown. Falls a little I, bit I, short. Well, stand next. To, stand next. To, it's kind of like they did their verse. They did their verses, and he kind of just went. Oh, I don't have much, but I've got one more verse to sing. So I'll just I'll whack this on. Be right. <laughs> bit interesting. And on that, you said he's a good lyricist, and that's what <laughs> we come to expect from Corey. Slipknot fans will pour over his lyrics. Yeah. And it's obvious he's in a completely different space with this album because I wouldn't say I found the lyrics. Cheesy's not the right word. I mm. expected some the lyrics to be more lyrical in places. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure. I think having expectations got me to listen to the album. If it wasn't Corey Taylor... I would have listened to one song and not bothered. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. But then those expectations have sort of, I don't know if they've colored the rest of the listening to the album. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, yeah, you do go in there with a preconceived notion of what you're going to expect and, um, you know, to, to some of it to sort of be let down a little bit. I think the, you know, the music on some of the songs really sort of uh, points you in a different direction as well. I don't know if it kind of uh, – Skews your view of 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 the rest of the album, particularly his vocals, and I don't know. It's just a it's just a bit of a different slant. I think a lot of things work against each other, and the end result kind of I don't know. It's just yeah, different, not disappointing. But I saw that wrestling belt and I thought, yeah, I, I'm down for this. I like a little bit of kayfabe. I like wrestling in small doses. Uh, I like the idea probably more than the execution. I thought if this is going to be like 
an album of anthems to walk down to the ring of with, you know, and you could do different things because every wrestler's got a different entrance music. But if, if it was an album of bangers and anthems and that's what I was hoping for, just seeing the cover. Sure. Didn't get there. Instead, it's Corey's. It's Corey's. It's, it's just Corey's album. And you like it or you yep. don't. And you can like different bits. And I think that's fine. I don't, I don't think he'd care. Yeah, for sure. It's a bit different. Like I said, it's kind of like a – if you look upon it as, a, as an album project and, and that's kind of the basis of these podcasts is to appreciate it as an album, it just, to me, sort of – it doesn't have that super flow. Um, it's just kind of like what he was thinking at the time of the recording of each song individually and then – sort of compiled together, you know. It's there's, there's similar stories and similar veins of consciousness and that he's talking about. But, you know, as, as a listen, it's kind of very um, sort of staggered and, and, you know, you go from one end to the other to, to Kansas to, you know, to songs that absolutely stonk along and, you know, it sort of has that little bit of a tendency towards the end of the album to, to sort of kick a bit and, and then, yeah, I don't know, it's just it's, it's quite a disjointed album, I think. Yeah. That would be the word. I think this is a mixtape made for himself. This isn't a mix, this isn't a mixtape that you're trying to make for other people to say, look how cool we can mix this. Isn't this in a, a great arc? This isn't John Cusack in that movie. This is this yeah. is a mixtape he made for himself. The fact that anybody gets to listen to it is pretty cool, really. That Absolutely. would be my that would be my my charitable uh, my my positive thing at the end of that Absolutely. so uh, tim is it staying on your phone it's gonna stay there whether i'm gonna listen to it again will be another matter i don't know in all in all honesty um yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> is that because it's I, on I, your I, subscription yeah, that's right yeah. <laughs> i've already downloaded damn it it's gonna stay there Nah, in all honesty, Corey, it's a uh, it's a solid effort, mate, and um, you know, it's it's good, and it's a good representation of where you are right now. But um, it's not for me, and I'll just go back to listen to some good old Stone Sour or Slippers if the mood takes me. I am going to say no. It's going off my phone. I'd like to hear the next one because he knows everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite a few collabs to pick up on. But not only that, new talent he can do. Like I think the art of Solo artists, they get to collaborate with sometimes new talent, find amazing new sounds. If Corey takes some of the ideas and the core bits that worked off this album and move forward, yeah, yeah move forward with it, experimented with some uh, other upcoming musicians, he's got the power to do that. Like he could almost sort of move into that that mythical solo artist space. Yep. Whether, whether he wants to do that or not, I don't, I don't know. But um, I think there's potential there. I want to hear the second album and if it moves in a direction that's sort of that. Imagine if he found the next 19-year-old wonder kid guitarist or just that insane drummer, like finding Zach Wilde <laughs> with his shirt off yeah. and flares or how Zombie has locked in with John Five, really sort of, you know, musicians, musicians. Where he goes forward as a solo artist, I think could be very interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you said, he's got the uh, the friends and the talent behind him to uh, to take whatever he wants to go wherever he wants to go. So this um, is yeah, yeah, this is not the death now, but uh, <laughs> I need space on my phone, so I'm not keeping this one. Unfortunately, it's <laughs> the one for sure. All right, if you love albums again, uh, we want to hear 
what albums you love, please email albumspod at gmail.com. One day we may have Patreons and all those things, but for now it's just a free thing we're putting out there because we want to listen to more stuff and be inspired. Absolutely. The eternal quest for uh, good music. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, bye. See ya. Well.